Good morning. Free for all Friday. I'm David Ayers. We have got, if you have OCD, this is the show for you today. We're going to be all over the place. I hear people say, we don't need this war. But I say there's some things worth fighting for. And I'm playing that because that's Daryl Worley. He'll be in concert tonight at the... uh, Flagler County Memorial Auditorium, now called The Fitz, the Fitzgerald Performing Arts Center. And if you are a veteran, on us, show your ID at the gate and go in, take your guest, enjoy the show with uh, Daryl Worley. He's got a great country country artist, and we have some seats uh, that are unsold, and we'd like for you to be our guest there. So thanks to Amelia and the gang. Just say, Brian McMillan said I could get in for free. <laughs> morning, Brian. Good morning. Katie Lenhart, good to have you in. Good morning. Like I say, there's all kinds of seasons. There's football season, basketball season, and Katie Lenhart season. Uh, every other year. Yeah, and this mm-hmm. is kind of the kickoff. Try the end of that, Mike. You'll sound. We'll get the rich tones of your voice better that way. Well, thank you for the adjustment. Yeah, every other year I'm famous, and then, you know, I'm fine with not being the rest of the time. <laughs> yeah, no. Then you go into hiding and work in your garden at home, and nobody bothers you, but... So we thought we'd get on to you a little bit early here <laughs> okay. and find out. We got an election coming up in March, you know, next month. And so a lot of people are going, what? We do? Anyway, also, uh, our first time guest in here today is um, our new PIO, Don Foley, with the Flagler County School. So good morning and welcome. Good morning. Thank you so much for having me. We're excited about it. So you're new with the job, PIO, but not new to Flagler County. No, no, no. I've been here for a couple of years. Like many, many Flagler County residents, we've moved from somewhere else uh, and actually came down, worked with the sheriff's office for a short stint doing public information work for them. Uh, Then, like a lot of people, spent a couple of years working remote, Uh, did some work for a company out of Jacksonville, really enjoyed it. But uh, great call for this particular position and uh, couldn't be more happy. The school system's an amazing place. All right. Well, very good. Well, you've got some great. I know Jason Wheeler was a good friend of ours for a long time. And I remember when he was the uh, Channel 13 local news reporter, you'd see him on the street corner setting up his own camera. He had no help on anything, and he would do a report. I guess they do it like that now anyway. You know? mm-hmm. So anyway. Oh, everybody's a one-man man now. Yeah, yeah, local news. Yeah, that's it. Look at but what? working remotely is kind of the exact opposite of being the school district uh, PIO, right? Absolutely. Well, I'll tell you, as, as wonderful it is to earn a living uh, without having to actually go into a full suit, tie, jacket, et cetera, uh, it's not really easy on you if you're somebody who's social and likes to work with people and likes to help. Uh, that's It's a really hard uh, boat to row there, so I, I'm really excited about it. Well, great. Well, we're going to find out what you know so far and what you don't know, and uh, maybe we get some, uh, some tips on... Uh, all right, what's going on with the uh, school board attorney? Tell us about that, Don. How's that to throw one out there? What? Well, right now, uh, I know we actually have uh, some freelance contract uh, attorneys helping us out right now, um, but I'm not really privy to that at this moment, so I don't have a lot of information on that. Yeah. So is Christy Gavin still working and doing things? Uh, as far as I know, I imagine she's doing things, but I, I have not spoke with her. I, you know, I was only there a few days uh, when she actually left the school system. So, mm-hmm. uh, but enjoyed speaking with her. Uh, actually, befriended me, helped me out all I could, and next thing you know, things transpired, and well, here I am. So, a lot of learning, a lot of learning curve situations for me, but everyone's been incredibly helpful. Okay, all right, well, very good. Uh, we're also to, so here's the lineup of today's show. I'll show you, like I said, if you got OCD, you're going to love this here. First of all, you got Katie. We're going to find out about elections. We're going to talk more with Don. Find out about him. We're going to check in with the uh, spelling bee champion. Uh, Giles Platt, I think, Brian, you interviewed him, right? I didn't. Brent, Brent Warrenoff did for the Observer. Okay. So. 
So anyway, I think that's interesting. I love the spelling bees. I think that's a pretty cool thing, yeah. particularly in this day and age with spell check. Like how many of us really are, you know, not. And I did pull out the top 10 misspelled words in our with uh, on the uh, Internet and everything. Is, uh, is T-E-H for the one of them? No. That, I bet that's one of the most misspelled. Why? How can that be misspelled? What are you talking about? I don't about? know. When I'm typing, I accidentally do T-E-H. It times. happens. It just happens. Instead of the? <laughs> yeah. Well, that's like a, I mean, I catch it, of oh, course, okay. afterward, <laughs> right. but I have to go back and fix it. Yeah, okay. <laughs> well, the most misspelled word is accommodate. Hmm. So, so we throw that at them. Two Can C's, you? two M's, two D's, right? Nope. No, just one D. <laughs> <laughs> There you, oh, Katie got it. A a there we go. Silent Q in there somewhere, right? A silent Q? No. Oh. <laughs> also, um, the second is separate or separate. Mm. Separate. I thought. I think that's a pretty easy one. Yeah. But anyway, not. And then definitely is number three. So mm. that's like weird. But those are the ones that the, you know they're gathering up that people misspell on it. And, and it seems like people like with texting now. Like, you know, even I catch myself, I don't capitalize somebody. I always try to capitalize a name out of respect to somebody. But starting off like, you know, hey, Don Foley, probably you look at some of the texts we've had. I've probably, you know, the punctuations maybe aren't as they should be. Well, and given what we do for a living, when we send a text quickly, our first thought is, is everything spelled correctly? When nobody really cares when you're texting, but we do. We worry about it. We don't want yeah. anything. You can't yeah. spell separate. Yeah. That's, yeah. that's the thing. Is <laughs> right. like people, yeah, you're in the education business. You can't spell. You know. might want to make sure you're right. right. People <laughs> expect it to be, you know, voice to text is so common and stuff like I'll get a text and it, there's a clearly, obviously wrong word, but my, I, you have to kind of just give them the benefit of the doubt and right. try to figure out what it was or whatever. But it's not, I don't think it makes you necessarily even look bad because it's so expected now. Like, but, oh, well. Yeah. And the, the number one word that millenniums misspell, millennium. Isn't that interesting? That's one you might have to try on Giles. Yeah. I will, t- I will tell you that Giles will be the first one to admit he felt like the words that he got, because it's all just this random order that's presented, mm. they, they were really easy for him. So mm-hmm. I have a feeling millennium is probably going to be something he's studied many, many times. Well, we'll do, yeah, we're not trying to trip him up or anything, That's right. but we'll That's throw right. it at him and see what he does. Yeah. <laughs> All right. I mean, hey, you know, we, we had trouble here with just a few ones. Uh, we got elections coming up, Katie. We do. What, very, uh, very soon. We have are elections. We, are we ready? I am so ready. Are you ready? I hope everybody's I ready. Are you election ready? You know, right. I got the uh, sample ballot in the mail. I thought this is a pretty stupid ballot. Normally, I like them because it's got it's Ouch. Like you this can, is the person who oh, sent it to you. And know, you're calling it no, stupid? Well, Katie, I'm so not, sorry. It's not so the, mean. You well, know, I came on the show, <laughs> and I did not expect to be insulted. Well, you're not. No, no, no. I mean, you can only go with what you have to work with, which is the Republican oh, um, preference, Mary, that's yeah. got one person on it, basically. No, it has like 10 people on it. What? Which ballot did you get? The Republican. Well, there's many that have dropped out. I think that's probably what you're referring to because yeah. many of the candidates oh, yeah. are not still in the race. Like Ron DeSantis is still on the ballot that you could choose. I guess. From it says like if if they didn't drop out before November something. December thirteenth. December. Thank you. They're going to be on the ballot, so they are. But if you're in Flagler Beach. So explain that, why it's important. So every four years, we're going to have a presidential preference, and every state does this. It's not just Florida. Many states, well, several states, I should say, have already had their primary. So each state will have either a primary or a caucus, and basically those results will influence how the nominees are decided among the political parties. And that will 
So this is the first time you get to vote for president, then you get to do it again in November. So there's no Democrat. Um, yeah. When is that? So that's really interesting. There are Democratic candidates. However, in Florida, the Democratic Party, only um, their only nominee was Joseph Biden. So there's no election if there's only one person. Uh, other states, there are, you know, there, there's going to be a Democratic ballot for, the, for other states, just not in Florida. So who decided who is on that Republican list that is on the sample ballot that you sent out? Uh, the Republican Party of Florida. Okay. <sighs> okay. So it's like a political party election. So that's why it's a little, it's just, you know, it's not, we only have it once every four years and it can be a little confusing for people. Um, it is still, it's still important to, you know, if you have a preference among the Republican candidates, if you're a Democrat, then you can kind of sit this one out because you don't have a ballot for you. Um, nonpartisan, you can't vote in this election because Florida does have closed primaries. And that's probably the most important message with this election is that you know if you if you want to vote for a Republican candidate, make sure you change your registration before Tuesday. That's the that's the deadline. Okay, and this and your website is awesome, by the way. After oh, I've insulted you, I got to compliment you. But no, the, uh, <laughs> the Flagler Elections Very website. Sincere. It's real. It is. <laughs> so so, so is someone the ballot looking stupid because it's. It, I mean, so if you're not in Flagler Beach, what's there really to gain by going out and and voting on March and. And that's there's no early voting for that. No, there is. We have early voting. Yeah, it's a a federal election statewide. So we will have early voting that starts March 9th through the 16th. And then Flagler Beach, they have the benefit of having early voting for their municipal election, which typically they do not have. So anybody in Flagler Beach who wants to vote for city commissioner can do that early. And they can actually go to the early voting site there in Flagler Beach. It's at the um, United Methodist Church. And they don't have to cross the bridge to vote early, or they can vote at their precinct on Election Day. All right. So let's suppose on this Republican ballot, it has, you know, it has Ron DeSantis, but it has uh, Trump and it has Nikki Haley, which I assume she'll still be running by March 19th. But if, if uh, some, uh, I don't want to forecast the election, but let's say somehow that Nikki Haley beat Donald Trump, what would that do to the November ballot? Well, there are certain delegates that have to report that information at the um, national convention for the party and their representatives from Florida. So our results would influence the nom- the nom- you know, the in- whoever ends up getting the nomination. Our results will uh, influence that nomination. So this will just inform that. Yeah. Like, process. hey, Florida wants this person, basically. And, you know, Iowa wants this person and Georgia wants this person. So that's every state has their say. Mm-hmm. Does that answer your question? Well, they say we we want that person, but it actually isn't part of the election. Well, you know, and some people do that <laughs> on a protest. Like some guy will die, and they're still on the ballot, and they don't like the other person running. They'll vote for the dead guy just out of to. Oh, we get it all the time in a write-in. Like for a general election, if someone didn't make it through the primaries, then they'll write that name in. So we had a lot of votes for Bernie Sanders, for example. Jeb Bush, we get a lot of those. And Kanye West, we get some Kanyes. Still don't get any Alfred E. Newmans. (laughs) (laughs) It's a variety. You know, the write-ins are my favorite. I enjoy it. We get Batman. We get everybody. That always reminds me of one of my favorite (laughs) trivia questions ever. Uh, It was for Idaho elections. They say, what's the most popular write-in name every election? And it's Mr. Potato Head. Yeah. Really? I I can see that. We get Mickey Mouse. Well, of course, yeah. absolutely. Do you have none of the above? I always oh, wonder, yeah. like the Bruce Millions movie, is there a no, none of the above? Yes. None, none of the above won a recent uh, primary <laughs> in, I forget which state. Was it Nevada? Anyway, Could be. I'll have to look have that up while well, in the break. Well, that's why I'm, we have I'm pulling Katie. up Google right now. I want to <laughs> know. 
Hey, joining us right now is a champion, one of the smartest people in Flagler County, Giles Platt. Are you there, Giles? Hey, Giles, are you there? Yeah, I'm there. Okay. Hey, uh, congratulations. You're our spelling bee champion, right? Yep. All right. So, um... We've got a, uh, a, f- a few questions for you, and uh, just wanted to uh, give you a chance to, to talk to everybody about it. Um, for, first of all, tell everybody how old you are and where do you go to school. I am, a, I am currently a student at Indian Trails Middle School. My age is 13. All right, and why and how did you uh, decide to uh, try out for the Spelling Bee competition? I did it just for the fun of it, you know? Okay, fair enough. Not everybody likes to go up on a stage like that. Are you, do you get nervous like that? Not really. I'm in debate, so. Ah, Very good. It's good practice right. for a lot of things in life. I think that's awesome. So um, the, uh, the contest, so uh, do you prepare? I mean, how would you possibly prepare for <laughs> a spelling bee contest? Is it just natural for you to be a good speller, or how does that come about? Well, I would normally prepare for the contest by, like, Studying the words, studying its pronunciation, just memorizing it. Is there any trick you have when uh, you come up with a word? Here, we were just talking about, you know what the most misspelled word is with millennials? No. Millennium. <laughs> so, um, can you spell millennium? Just to see if throw you a curveball here. M-I-L-L-E-N-I-U-M. Missed one end in there, so um, you're. Anyway, it's two ends. Yeah, millennium. But anyway, but don't feel bad. That's the most misspelled word with millennials. So <laughs> yep. uh, it's a tough um, one when you, there's multiple uh, potential for doubling letters. It's kind of tricky. Do you think spell like check? Accommodate. You think like everybody? What they use spell check now? Is that a crutch? And are we becoming more dumb with the spelling because <laughs> um, we count on spell check? I mean. Well, yeah, you can use spell check to correct, like, typos and something, but I wouldn't personally rely on spell check. Why is, it, why is that? Well, because, frankly, if you... Well, because, frankly, if you become dependent on spell check, then how are you going to learn to spell the word if, like, say you can't use spell check? Good Absolutely. Right Absolutely. On. Yeah, I like that. So, yeah, like if somebody says, okay, get up there and... I don't know if they're going to write something on the board and you look like an idiot because you don't have spell check. Uh, Don Foley, you know um, Giles, right? I have actually just spoke with him a little bit after the spelling bee and got some information from his principal. Uh, And I'm very, very impressed with you, Giles. We're we're excited. We can't wait to see what you do at the state level. Is there anything you're going to do special for that as far as studying or you're just going to take it natural like you did this one? Obviously, I am going to study for it because the words will almost certainly be harder than the rather, frankly, easy words at the this level. <laughs> well, we love we love that the word that the final word was vicarious because we all were definitely living through you like that. We were cheering for you, man. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, I mean, is it fun? You go like, yeah, let's get up there. Is it kind of like mental sportsmanship to uh, hey, all right, throw me a throw me one? We just threw you a millennium. I hope they give you millennium as a, a word on your state competition because you'll nail that one now that you know. <laughs> yeah. So, um, does it when you see communication with people, texting, and other kids and things on social media, and things are uh, misspelled or even punctuations are off? Um, 
Does that bother you, or do you think it doesn't matter? I've gotten used to it enough that it doesn't really bug me as much as it used to. So, yeah. Is there certain things we have to live with, like restaurant menus? I can't handle it when there's something spelled wrong. <laughs> and, then I, they and, print a, and they print thousands of them. Yeah, Caesar salad. It's like, come on. Yeah. <laughs> come on. Or anchovies. Yeah, yeah, there you go. Poetic license. Uh-huh. The, um, what, uh, so you're 13, right? Yeah. What, uh, yeah, a look ahead as a 13-year-old in the world today of a career kind of thing that uh, you have a passion for? Or what do you, how, where do you see um, yourself on, upon graduation and doing? I haven't really figured that out yet. I'm just going to go where life takes me. Hmm. Okay. All right. That's fair enough. That's a good attitude to have and see what, what comes to you there. Um, when's your, uh, when do you have to go and where do you have to go for the uh, state spelling bee competition? Finals. Regionals will be on March 25th in Jacksonville at like a school of the arts or something. Mm-hmm. All right. Okay. Very good. And so they come from all over the state. The, the finalists from, was it one from each county or how does that work? I haven't figured that out yet, but I think it's one from each county. Mm-hmm. Okay. All right. All right. Well, anyway, hey, um, we know you're at school. We appreciate you uh, taking a break to join us here, Giles. But we just want to say congratulations and let you know there's a whole lot of people you don't know that are cheering for you. And we'll uh, we'll follow it and uh, hope you come home with a big trophy. Yeah, that's what I hope to. Okay. for the fun. All right. Good luck, Giles. All right, Giles. Hey, you take care. Have a good weekend. Bye. All right, buddy. Take care. I'll tell you about Giles. is just definitely amazing. Superintendent. She's a student superintendent. She has a million stories about Giles and, and loves to talk about him and all the students. So this is going to be a, a big event next month for him. We're going to take a break. We'll be right back. Oh, yeah. We have a uh, our 14th annual Flagler Broadcasting Health Fair going on right now at the Community Center. And uh, we'll join in out there. We'll be right back. What about our freedom and this piece of ground? Hey, this is Kirk Keller live on location. Today we're at the Palm Coast Community Center. It is our 14th annual health fair. And this is such a great health fair this year. One of the newest additions is we're going to be able to test for diabetes today. Uh, so the health fair is today at the Palm Coast Community Center, smack dab in the middle of Palm Coast. And so if you need your blood pressure checked, your sugar checked, you want to find out if you're a diabetic, you can do that. Plus, Advent Health, who is the presenting sponsor of this event, they're going to be here checking your balance and mobility to see what your mobility is at any age. I know I'm going to do it, and I'm not old. But anyway, it's a great health fair. We need you to be here today because your health is important, and screening is always the most important. If you can find out now, you won't find out later, if you know what I mean. Anyway, this is Kirk Allen, Lionel Location, Palm Coast Community Center, and the 14th Annual Health Fair. So you're ready to list it? We're ready to sell it. This is Sam Perkovich, broker owner of Parkside Realty Group. Stop by our office in Town Center or call us at 302-0300. Visit us online at parksiderealtygroup.net. 929 Free For All Friday. I'm David Ayers. And beautiful day today. If you're listening on the podcast, maybe not so much because... Got some rains coming across, threatening all the racing at the Daytona 500. As out the Evolution Speedway, they have nationals going on out there on the dirt track and everything. I mean, the economy is rocking right now with all the hotels filled up and people here and the, all the eyes of the world on uh, Flagler and Volusia and the whole whole area. So, um, 
the economy. So word has it, this is what, because I've talked to some of the racing guys, um, TV, national TV kind of dictates a lot of things. They don't want the Daytona 500 starting at midnight um, after the rains go because they need TV audience to make it work. So I'm thinking, my guess is, and we'll find out if I'm wrong, that they're going to do it Monday night, like kind of like Monday night football time and prime time and hype it up and, and make all the advertisers happy and the fans can uh, go back out and, uh, you know, and still their tickets are good. So the other races, I don't know how they're going to work all that. And um, one of the racing managers at the Volusia, he said what they have done before is like if you have the Xfinity tickets at Daytona, and then because Xfinity is tomorrow night, which will probably be rained out as well. Then you have the Daytona, you've got double trouble. But what they do sometimes is they will say, okay, we're going to race the Xfinity race Monday at noon, and then everybody has to leave the stadium (laughs) <laughs> and then they uh, then you come back in with the uh, Daytona 500 tickets, and if you have tickets for both, you still have to leave <laughs> and come back in. Anyway, whatever. So, um, but hey, Mother Nature, you they, know, dictates everything. And you did, know. what about the dirt tracks? How does that how does that work with rain? I mean, I imagine it's a lot. It's yeah. I mean, it can well, be dangerous it, and slick, it, but also isn't that part of the deal? Like you get a little mud and. It's yeah, a, it's makes a mud it more track. exciting. Mud track. Oh yeah, it's fun. Well, they so all, they don't cancel with well, rain. Charge more for tickets in that situation. Sounds like a lot more fun. <laughs> yeah, you don't want to be in the first row because <laughs> you get mud in your face. But um, have you ever been out to the Volusia I have Speedway not. Park? Yeah, it's been taken over by some first got of guys out in North Carolina. It's like a big national racetrack company, and they don't get any publicity. All they're talking about is Daytona. Hmm. And um, so we're out there broadcasting live with Kicks Country, and mm-hmm. um, it's and the world's fastest mile. It is. Yeah. Yeah, and there's camping out there right now. See, all right, mm-hmm. and there and, and it's jam packed with people yep. and cars and and plates from all over the place. You can't even find a parking place, and it's just just like what ten minutes from Benel, hmm. and um, so they're racing tonight out there, and uh, they don't get any publicity for it. But if you want to take the fan, it's a lot cheaper to go there than it is to the Daytona 500. And like Katie says, you're sitting there in grandstands. And uh, they're slinging them. I mean, they do like the track to be some, somewhat wet, not. But um, they slide sideways around the curve. I mean, door to door, it's craziness. If yeah. you if you if you go, hey, I'm bored watching, you know, NASCAR because <laughs> until there's a wreck, um, you know, you go out to this one and um, it, it's a whole new experience. They got all kinds of vendors and great food, mm-hmm. steak on a stick. So that there. So anyway, David, you actually are making me think about. Uh, we had our fine gentleman there, Giles from Indian Trails. Uh, we actually have a track star of our own over at Buddy Taylor. Uh, I don't know if you've done anything with Douglas Seth yet. Uh, middle school student who is now the fastest 3,000 meter runner in the state, uh, and he's number one in the nation for middle school. Hmm, uh, so really? He, he is, wow! Yeah, he actually ran the uh, 3,000 meter in 9:33. I think I can drive my car that fast, maybe. But he's number one in Florida and number one in the nation at this time for middle schoolers. Uh, said that time actually was the 13th fastest ever ran in the nation for a middle schooler. So we're looking forward to see what he does next. But, yeah, he just had that state championship, uh, indoor states in Gainesville. Very proud right. of him. All right, very good. See, that's why we have Don Foley in here letting <laughs> us know these things. Brian, probably the newspaper will pick I up. I was going to say, I'm about to send a message over. See, to all right. Hey, um, we wanted to have uh, somebody from the, the city of Palm Coast on. There's some major issues going on with that. And, uh, um, and uh, so I go, well, who do you have that can join us? Everybody's busy, but who steps out of a meeting? Our Mayor David Alfin. Morning, Mayor. 
Good morning, David. How are you? Doing good. Hey, um, long meetings. I don't know how you guys can sit there for hours upon hours upon hours with workshops and meetings and people talking and consultants and PowerPoints and everything. Um, what's nice is I watch them on YouTube. I can fast forward, but you can't <laughs> when you're sitting there live <laughs> and in living color. Have, have well, you ever wished you could fast forward, no. Mayor? Well, let, let, me, let me balance that. I just... Uh, <clears throat> I'm just stepping out of a different kind of meeting this morning, which helps balance that. We just recognized the uh, historic achievements of uh, Lashaka Moore, our superintendent of Flagler Schools, and also of Kathy Heider, who you all know is uh, my fellow council member on the city of Palm Coast. And the recognition was for Florida, uh, uh, for actually for Black History Month. So this morning's meeting, just finishing, was inspiring to know that we have such um, well-minded, um, experienced, and dedicated folks that are trying to make a difference and uplift our community and doing a great job at that. So when I go to a meeting like this, it takes a little bit of the sting off of the six-hour marathon meeting that we had, but I must tell you it's a sign of the times. Uh, workshops and business meetings used to uh, average about two hours. And now they never seem to be less than five hours. So <clears throat> it just is a sign that there is much more work to be done going forward than there may have been in the past. Well, we said today's show, by the way, Don Foley is uh, in the studio. If you want to say good morning to Good morning, Mr. Mayor. Good, good morning. morning. Good morning, Don. And uh, also to the student, <clears throat> David, I, I'm not sure I'll forgive you, but I now know how to spell millennium as well. <laughs> and uh, we have Katie Lenhardt, our supervisor of elections. Hey, David. The very, the very best, and I know your time is getting ready to peak, so uh, my hat's off to you and your staff who are just fabulous. They are always there to answer every question. So what I wanted um, from the city here, because I said at the beginning, if you have OCD, this is going to be the show for you. And so um, I'm looking to uh, a couple of topics that are very hot right now with the city for you to kind of give it into a soundbite for us. That's why radio, you know, we work in 30 and 60 second type things. Okay, last week we had on uh, Denise Bevan and we had the uh, Jacksonville, the St. John's River Water Authority and Baba Utility guy and all that. And they said, we need an 18% increase. Brian, correct me if I'm wrong. They were very persuasive. To uh, keep it going, but not very persuasive <laughs> to the mayor and uh, some of the council people. So what I heard on a soundbite yesterday where you said you're not convinced. And um, so tell us in a nutshell, if you can, soundbite wise here. With this 18% utility increase being asked for by the utility department, where are we at and what are you thinking? So I think the word I actually used was uh, uncomfortable, and I'll give you the reason in two pieces. One, um, I do understand that we live in inflationary times, but I'm not comfortable that we haven't or are not using inflation as a, not an excuse, but as a precedential uh, introduction to a lot of capital investment projects. What I mean by that is we don't need to assume on step one that because of inflation it necessarily has to cost more, and most importantly, does it have to cost more right now? City Council and myself are very, very sensitive to the complications that our residents are having keeping up with their 
you know, with the economy, with their payments, with, uh, you know, their own financial budgets. So the question really is, are these expenses warranted at this moment in time? First, are they at the correct magnitude? And secondly, do they have to happen right now? Can they be spread over a future timeline or can they be delayed and postponed until we hope the economy begins to right itself? All right. Um, well, that's good. And so if we do nothing, we asked them actually last week, so what if we do nothing and give no rate increases to it, what would happen? And it's like it doesn't, the wheels don't come off tomorrow. This is long-term planning. And we hired, well, but you also, the city yeah. hired consultants, I think from Jacksonville, um, to do a study and they go, yep. So how much do we pay the consultants to tell us we got to come up with a lot more money, I guess? So um, obviously uh, we do budget uh, for uh, the consultants because uh, actually by law we are required to do these studies when it comes to things like utility rate hikes because we do require expertise. However, I question the, um, the founding assumptions or the initial assumptions um, that they're working because even the experts make assumptions, and assumptions are not necessarily set in stone. There's a range of assumption that can be plus and minus and positively or negatively affect the financial impact that these projects have. So what I directed staff to do was to go back and tell me what are the actual consequences of either delaying or postponing increases. In other words, I can't afford to have any resident go without the best quality level and volume or capacity of water possible. But I also need to understand, are there any real consequences that would affect our service level in the short term or midterm? So they weren't prepared to answer that. So I'm giving them a chance until next Tuesday to advise city council, are there any consequences that would affect the service level that our quality of life that our residents demand and um, should receive. All right. Very good. So stay tuned, Brian. So, uh, Mayor Alfin, there's the phrase um, comes to mind that is used, you know, in a negative light when people delay a message, delay a vote, like kicking the can down the road, you know, is what you hear sometimes. Like, we don't want to just kick the can down the road. Is there, are you concerned about that where maybe we could delay it, um, but then, it would be in such bad shape that it could be worse, you know, in say two or four years or, or possibly more, but um, where it's, it, um, you know, maybe it's not an emergency now, but we do need to prepare. Like, where, how do you balance that as, a, as one of the votes on city council? So if my memory serves me correctly, there was a quote picked up in uh, your newspaper that said, based on what I've heard so far, I was not overly concerned that there could be a catastrophic uh, effect on um, discussing a delay um, in a rate increase. So what I mean by that is I did ask staff to make sure that we understood every possible consequence of, of reducing or spreading the increase over a longer timeline. Um, so once I get that memo back and city council members receive that information, I think we'll prioritize what the effects or the consequences would be. Um, I'm not at all a 
kick the can down the rotor. I don't do that. Um, usually what that does is end up costing you more, and it really um, goes to the character of city council to make hard decisions. But in this case, the topic is so complicated. The capital investment is of such a magnitude that I need to make sure that, that city council gets it right. So um, waiting to receive this report and discussing it with all of the information next week is the right move. All right. Uh, topic two, uh, Mayor Alfin, is the uh, what's going on with the whole infill lot thing that a year ago nobody was even really thinking or talking about it. Now it's a top issue and a hundred and some people. And um, I heard this morning on the news, uh, Jonathan Lord, our emergency operations chief for Flagler County, kind of weighed in. And uh, he didn't use the word climate change, but um, pretty much that's what he's talking about. Whatever happened to the good old days of drought here in Flagler County? I mean, I long for the good old days. Um, but, but the um, well, I think if you uh, if you look at history, you'll see that you know there are ebbs and flows. Um, uh, no pun intended, but or peaks and valleys in the amount of water that gets uh, cycled, uh, you know, from the sky to the land in Florida. And we may just simply be at a, a peak period. I think if you go back far enough, you'll find both drought and flooded uh, moments in time. Jonathan did seem to indicate that higher could be better in the future in terms of um, um, hardening our, um, our facilities, our services, our homes against the future impact. I've met with Kevin Guthrie, who you all remember was our preceded uh, Jonathan in the emergency services area and now does emergency services for the entire state of Florida. And his comment to me was, look, water goes where water will go. And water has now found new places to go. So I believe that city council has, and, and you'll have to correct me if I'm mistaken, risen this uh, issue to its highest possible priority level um, we have created a council, an ad hoc committee that will be comprised of residents along with experts within the city to advise city council on what is the best solution. This is a problem of the highest magnitude that needs to be resolved, that needs the, uh, the help of the city to work with the residents that are affected and putting this committee together shines a spotlight and puts a focus on the problem so that we will hear in the short term how we can help our residents. So building higher and higher and higher is kind of what I'm getting out of it. Like even, like uh, Brian, if uh, someday you decide to, and people do that, they tear down their house and build a new one on that lot, your new home would have to be up higher than it is right now. So it's almost, I'm, I'm picturing like stilt homes coming to uh, Palm Coast. Is that a possibility? Well, I don't know. I did uh, spend a lot of my uh, my uh, early career in South Florida, as a matter of fact, in the Key Biscayne area during the days when we had stilt homes. I don't believe that would be an effective solution. I do believe that improving our stormwater management system and keeping it pristine and 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 operating at full capacity along with revisions to the building code, will help mitigate 
the circumstances that the environment is uh, is uh, pounding us with at the present time. Brian McMillan. So I've heard really big numbers in the past. Okay, so Palm Coast, you know, ITT put in this swale and ditch and canal system, um, and to replace it would be, you know, astronomical. He could never put, you know, curb and gutter and replace the swale. But are there, is it possible that some small areas in the community um, could be bottlenecks that would be worth kind of a bigger investment that maybe could have a different solution that would help the whole system better? Um, It doesn't have to be all or nothing. So uh, really good question. And um, I, the answer, the the short answer is I I absolutely agree with that. And I think we actually have a, a reference I believe there's an initiative down in South Florida that's going to cost billions of dollars, but they're actually going to work on that issue a block at a time um, in the southern part of Florida because they have a much more severe storm weather, uh, storm water impact. So two things, Brian. One, I do believe we could find those uh, pinch points um, and probably improve their flow and capacity of their ability to mitigate um, large water um, um, events. And number two, in our smartly planned, smartly planned growth and management for the future, I think we will build in a different form of stormwater management for the future that will not um, be negatively impacted by increasing um, water amounts. So both of those are remedies for the future. All right. Um, hey, we got to run. Great, uh, great uh, insight here to what's going on. Any other words of wisdom before we uh, let you go, Mayor Elfin? No, just take a moment again. Um, the, the celebration of uh, Black History Month this morning is not only about black history. It's about the cultural diversity and all of our friends and neighbors within the community that make Palm Coast a stronger, better place to be. So take a minute and look around your community and understand that the more diverse we are, um, the more cultural heritage we share, the stronger and better our community will be for the future. All right. Have a good weekend. Be safe out there, Mayor. Thank you. Bye-bye. All right. We're going to take a break, and we will be back. The 14th Annual Health and Fitness Fair going on. We'll check in with them. We'll be back with our guest this morning. We have our Flagler School's new public information officer, Don Foley, supervisor of elections, Katie Lenhart, also Brian McMillan, publisher of the Palm Coast Observer. We'll be right back. baby, how are you? Got a half hour, a quick shower. If somebody knocks on your door or a telemarketer's on your phone, you know it's not us. Hi, folks. This is Bill Gallagher with SolarFit. If you've been thinking about solar, we want you to knock on our door or call us. SolarFit's been a part of this community for over 47 years, and our customers love us. Couldn't say it if it wasn't true. Now's the time to go solar for your home or business. Give us a call at 445-7606. SolarFit your life and set yourself free with the sun's free energy. Dave Odell out here at the 14th Annual Health and Fitness Fair at the brand new Palm Coast Community Center, Corner Clubhouse Drive in Palm Coast Parkway Northeast. And with us from the Lions Club is Hank. Now, Hank, you're going to do some testing out here today. Tell us what kind of tests that you're going to be doing. We have both vision and blood sugar screening. The blood sugar, we use a teeny-weeny, itsy-bitsy needle, so it won't hurt. 
Over 50% of the people who go blind are because of diabetes, so it's really critical to find out early. It sometimes can be taken back into remission. The other test we're doing is with a refractor, which can instantly diagnose six different eye diseases, and we give you a copy of the report. Challenge great. So you can come on out here and get tested for your blood sugar and many other things as well. And, and you do not have to fast in order to take the blood screen. We have a sliding scale. You're welcome to eat three jelly donuts and come right on over. All right. That sounds good to me. Broadcasting live for WNCF, I'm Dave Hotel. Thank you. It's going on right now, 14th Annual Health Fitness Fair. We started that 14 years ago with WNZF, and it's been a success every year. A lot of people come out free health. I like that. I like Dunkin' Donuts, free donuts and coffee. I think donuts are good for you. That's what I say. What do you mean? Uh, don't, don't you feel good eating a Dunkin' Donut? I don't eat donuts. Ah, okay. Sorry. I don't eat sugar. <laughs> oh. Well, what? What? Wait, what? what? Yeah, no. Sugar. No. Mm-mm. It's not good for you. It's addictive. Right. Well, we're going to do a <laughs> health show. No, we, we do a health show every now and then to, to check us on it. <laughs> don't have Katie about, on that one. Yeah, about, sorry. <laughs> how about, Katie, do you like a good steak on the grill? Yes, absolutely. Now, that that, right. that I can do. All right. So you're, steak and taters. So, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, hey, I got a text from our state representative, House Speaker Paul Renner, apologizing to us and to our listeners that he cannot make it on this morning. He was going to try to get on at the 45. And um, so we'll let him go. Well, well, Paul, if you have time to text, then, I mean, you must uh, have time to call in. No, uh, I'm just kidding. <laughs> we got mad at Congressman Waltz because he decided to be on Fox TV instead of us last time. But he won't be back. No, he will. <laughs> so, but anyway, no, we appreciate it when they do. And uh, so, but a couple of things. Let me get um, your take on this, every, everybody here. So one of the topics I was going to, was House Bill 1 which is Paul Renner's, you know, he's the House Speaker, he put it as number one, was this whole thing about kids, you know, 16, and, and keep prohibiting them from getting social media uh, sites and, and, uh, and interactions and things like that. I'm sure, do kids in the school, are they aware of this legislation, or do they not really? Well, from what I can tell, the kids that I've ran into when we have that kind of conversation, it's very much whatever rules are in front of them at the time, mm-hmm. you know, whatever their school mandates, you know. And then, of course, some of the schools don't actually have the best of uh, cell service. You can't get a phone signal in or you can't access your social media because of other factors. So it's not something they're really talking about at the time, you know, but it's also it's one of those things where they look at it like uh, we looked at calculators back in the day. It's a, it's a tool. It's just an extra tool. The big talk for them right now is A.I., uh, you know, like, well, how do we do it and how do we allow it and how do we implement it and what we do for lessons? And these kids are like, hey, it's just a tool for us, too. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's one of those things where, you know, just sign to the times you roll with it, whatever social media allows and whatever the rules allow. That's what they see. But as far as the House bill, no, that's not something that's on their radar at the moment. The whole AI thing, um, that's a, I was going to bring that up also as well. And uh, kids are all about this. And, doing, in, in, you know, and they say that the, the biggest industry to benefit from AI is the porno industry. Mm-hmm. And you already saw the thing with Taylor Swift. And look at Katie going, oh, my God, why am I on this show? We're talking about sugar. We're talking about. <laughs> we don't know how we come back from this, but please continue. No, but, but I'm saying, like, uh, here, I did the other day with the, and no, it wasn't, it, it was, uh, I say, hey, create a flyer for me for our uh, food truck Palooza coming up. And I, and I just said, um, you know, food trucks, bands, um, 
parking, you know, all those kind of things into it. And within seconds, a flyer comes back to me in color and um, with some great ideas on it with food trucks. I'm like, well, how do you make a flyer visual with food trucks that looks and they had it like it was a it was a visual of the food trucks with the food like flowing out of them out onto the the you know the pathway where you walk it was like wow that's really you know pretty cool to it yeah david so, there is a great saying the superintendent has on this and it's uh because we had someone describe when you have something written in ai mm-hmm. it's almost like someone trying to speak in one language translate it into another like they're learning english for the first time so some of it's a little clunky as a word that i actually heard someone use the other day I'm not sure that's actually in the dictionary but her phrase was keep a human in the loop and I, I, I don't know where she got that and why she started using it, but it's perfect. Uh, fine to use AI. Again, like calculators in the 70s and 80s and the math teachers didn't want them in there. Mm-hmm. It's one more tool. But keeping a human in the loop just so important to that to make sure it's still something that's going to be we're going to use as a resource. So is AI is something I'm sure in your business, Katie, as the um, supervisor of elections and um, and I'm sure, you know, you go to meetings and let's stay up on the the latest stuff, how does AI come into election supervisors? Well, I mean, really, it's um, more of a threat, I think, because of, um, you know, misinformation, malinformation, you know, the deep fake and all of this. We're actually having a presentation on it here soon uh, in May. So I'm interested to attend that. And really, we look at it more as uh, from a cybersecurity perspective um, and protecting our elections is, is probably the number one priority with that. As, as far as AI would go. Um, otherwise, I don't really have a use for it because I need human beings with pins to mark ballots. So AI does not does not benefit me at all, and mm-hmm. unless there's something I'm missing. And I'm, I'm always open to learn more about it, of course, but um, from a very practical perspective, uh, we, you know, I don't really have a, any, I don't see any benefits. For- okay, all right. What about you, Brian, in well, the newspaper business? I, I'm, I, I don't know exactly. I haven't really explored it. I should because I do think that there are probably tools. I think that it's very important that we, you know, if there ever we, – we don't use AI to write stories or anything like that. Um, I think that there could be tools – there, there could be good uses for things like, I mean, if you can create a flyer or whatever. Um, I, I did see something yesterday. There's a New York Times story about this advancement in a company that is – that, can, that creates AI video, and I was totally blown away by it. I mean, it was like, uh, you know, make a video of a scene of a, you know, an, an alien with, you know, like blowing out a candle, and like it right. looks like it's something from Pixar. I mean, the way that it was described, like it said, make it in 3D with, with you know, fur that kind of blows in the wind and, and all this other stuff. And I was, it was, it was incredible to me. And one of the, but again, one of the concerns is because without like certain restrictions or requirements and either way, you're still going to have bad actors that like, could a, I don't know, could a, a close election be swayed by a false thing like that? Um, not like an alien, but, but like a deep fake. I mean, mm-hmm. That, that it's it's pretty scary and to me thinking of where like th- it seems like this is just about to explode and in 5 years ai could be i don't know how much more it'll be part of our lives but i think it will be in a huge way and there's going to have to be a, it's, it's it's a it's a major opportunity and a major so we're going to um, need ai to police ai i, I don't know well, i don't know exactly but that 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 video that i saw was pretty eye opening 
There's still so much fine-tuning with it, though, especially the human in the loop saying we actually have situations all the time where we work with art and photography. And so Photoshop and Adobe and all those products now will tell you, hey, we have AI implemented, so just ask us to fix your photos. And so we have a great example where we had uh, one of our school administrators where the picture was taken and they had some hairs that were flying away. So I, you know, let's be have fun with it, be cute. Take away the flyaway hairs. Take away the excess hairs. Well, it did. It put a completely different head on there. It was bald. So yeah, there, there's a whole lot of human in the there loop that still needs to go on. So, but, you know, here's kids, right? If you're a counselor, because they, they said these are the jobs that are threatened immediately with AI. It's like bookkeeping, administrative type things, um, like, um, you know, even like fast food where they're already doing it, where they're totally automated with robotics. And when the when you come up to the window to McDonald's and uh, you order, it's a perfectly sounding whatever you want. If you're Chinese, you click push the Chinese button and somebody in beautiful Chinese you communicate with. Pick a language, whatever it is. Um, it's always friendly. You can't tell it's not um, a real person. Unless you go, wow, I've never heard anybody that's nice at McDonald's before. You ever notice well, that, a- Katie, when you go up to the drive-thru at McDonald's? You know, I don't eat a lot of fast food, but I haven't noticed that. Uh, I wondered. <laughs> so I how thought do- that might be the case. <laughs> so how do you steer kids that are looking ahead with AI? And what industries should they not even try to get into because of <laughs> uh, they're, they're not going to be there? Maybe in just a few years, a, a demand for them. Or if people are making decent money at it, the pay drops dramatically because you don't need them that much anymore. And that's why you have great research projects, Department of Labor, Department of Education will do each and every year to see what are the growing jobs? And we'll actually implement things such as AI and impact and what you need to be ready for. And then, of course, that take, excuse me, gets to a point to where your curriculum may shift. You look at things that you need to teach that you wouldn't have been teaching three years ago. You know, we're preparing for the jobs that don't exist right now. All right. Could we make a radio show, an AI radio host yeah. interviewing somebody who's very funny? Definitely. I mean, already here, already, Mark will tell you, with us in, in the radio broadcast business, I can send us, I, first of all, I can have AI write a script. I can have an AI voice record it that sounds like mm-hmm. perfectly human with inflection and interpretation. And if I want a British accent, I want a female, a male, a deep voice, a high voice, whatever. <laughs> and I can get it back within seconds, ready to air. Of course, our on-air guys don't like hearing this, and uh, you know. But um, at the same time, you're right; it's explosive of the uh, the pace that it's it's all yeah. David, know, coming. I was just actually going through my notes, saying, "Okay, what are the things that I was going to share this morning?" And then I started thinking about AI, and what are some people that really would benefit from it, and not. And there's only one on here that AI is not going to help this young lady at all. Tomorrow, our Matanzas High School homecoming queen, Riley Whitmore, is actually going to be competing for the 2A state championship in weightlifting. I don't know how many homecoming queens are also possibly a state champion weightlifter, but we are so excited. And I thought, AI, there's nothing I can do there. That's, that's all on her. That's definitely a human in the loop. <laughs> all right. Don Foley, thank you for coming in. No, oh, thank you for having me. We're uh, looking, looking forward to working with you as our new public information officer for Flagler County Schools. We love Shakamore and the school board. We uh, really appreciate the work they do for the community and the kids. And despite their family fights and, you know, that's human nature. And 
bottom line is, you know, we've got a great school system and we're working to make it better. And we definitely have a great one in Superintendent Moore. She is truly, like I said, a student superintendent, you know, being a former teacher and in the system, mm-hmm. it's just absolutely great to work for you. You definitely want to do a great job for her. And these kids, first and foremost, that list I was just talking about, all the things our students are doing. And at the very bottom, her event this morning, just in case we decided to talk about the day of celebration where they honored her. And that's the last thing she wants. She goes, if it's not putting the kids first, she said, don't even put it in your computer. Great. Katie Linehart, Supervisor of Elections, will be in touch with you. But the immediate dates of uh, getting registered, people that move to the area, listen to the show. We hear from them from up north, and they're looking for a new local radio stations, and uh, they found us. So advice to the new residents that have moved to Flagler County for upcoming elections. All right, new residents. So we do have a new voter's guide that's going out. Uh, It'll be mailed on Tuesday uh, to everyone in the county who has registered here since the last presidential did not have an opportunity to vote in that election cycle, and then also did not participate in the midterms. So that's about 12,000 people. We're sending out um, a little mailer. I have it here, a little brochure for everybody with the election dates for this year and everything. Uh, But if you're brand new here and you want to get ready for March, our um, book closing deadline, the registration deadline, and also the party affiliation change deadline is Tuesday. And Monday's a holiday. So you can pick up you know the the application all over all over town. You can get it from the post office, from you know city halls, um, the DMV, the library. You can come to our office, and that's you know perfectly fine. Not everybody lives in Benel, but if you want to make a little trip, we'd love to see you. Can you download it from the website? Yeah, and that's the other easier way. Thank you, David. I was getting there. Uh, super easy to change your party online, <laughs> and uh, we you know we get a lot through the website. Um, Florida has online voter registration. Super easy. Takes ten minutes. And you can get it done that way if you want to change your party or even register for the first time. All right. And for people wanting to run for election for not, you know, for the March election, but for the ones coming up in August and that, what are deadlines for that? Okay. Well, if someone's interested in running, they should um, they should call the office and get the initial paperwork and, you know, talk it out and figure out where they need to go. Because if you want to run for a city office, you need to go to that city. Um, specifically, that would be Palm Coast. So you need to talk to their city clerk and file your paperwork there. But if you want to run for a county office, um, that's... Where you need to go is our office. So come on down to the elections office. Give us a call. We'll walk you through it. It's uh, we try to make it painless. We, you know, we our office is really focused on customer service. Whether it's the voters or the candidates, everybody needs TLC. We'll walk you through it. So that's right. why we're here. All right, very good. Thank you. You do an awesome job. Well, thank you. And uh, the, the the ballot that um, the sample ballot, I love though. Except for that one, I was like, okay. I mean, I'm reading and reading and reading. It's like what. There's like a Flagler Beach or Trump, basically. <laughs> so, but that's what you got to work with. But that'll be changing because we have a lot. We have forty some people running for offices. I think coming up. Yeah, in, we will have a lot. Forty five offices up for election. And we'll have probably fifty, sixty candidates here locally. So I'll be back to talk about all that. I'm sure. <laughs> all right. Thanks, Katie. Uh, thanks. Brian McMillan. Final words. Um, just glad to see, like you know, Don. It's great. It's very inspiring to hear what all these students are up to. Thank you. Absolutely. Um, Amazing it, kids. It's incredible. You got 12, 13,000 students out there. You know, there's, it's, there's so much that they're doing and accomplishing. So, and Brian, the thing is they're so engaged. I, that's the one thing, one thing I wanted to say, and I'm sorry to interrupt there, but I think the average person who's not inside those schools wouldn't realize just how engaged the kids are with the teachers. Mm-hmm. You would think what you hear about next generation, that they're just not, they incredibly are. I am shocked every time. It's wonderful to see. All right. Very good. All right. Well, have a great weekend, everybody. Um, If you're a veteran, tonight for free, go see the concert with Daryl Worley at the Fitz at the FPC. 
Auditorium and uh, show them your veteran ID. Say, Brian McMillan said you could get in for free and bring your guest. Have a good one. Be safe. We don't need this war, but I say there's some things worth fighting for. What about our freedom and this piece of ground? We didn't get to keep them by backing down. They say we don't realize the mess we're getting in. Before you start your preaching, let me ask you this. Serving Flagler County for a decade and a half. WNZF, 1550 AM, 94.9 FM, and W235CW Pinnell.